seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 110 of Color of Magic. That's 110 episodes. That's amazing. I am your host, Daquan Watson, like always, and riding shotgun. I still got Brian Allen with me. How are you doing, dude? Huh? Doing good. How's everything going with you? Uh, you know, it's been all right. I have some uh, things I may have to deal with with a home and an inspector and whatever, but uh, other than that, things are actually going pretty damn well. That, that's never fun. <laughs> How are things down in Texas, man? Oh, pretty good. It's uh, like 80 degrees in November. Oh, man. Exact opposite of here. Like, our high for this whole next week, I think, might tap 50 degrees. Wow. <laughs> and our nights are already in, like, the mid-30s. So, yeah, we, we're already hitting winter weather out this way. So, I always tell people, like, one of those things, like, the U.S. is almost too big because... Yeah, we have areas that function so completely differently that it's almost hard for people that live in one place to try to understand, you know, the needs of people that live in another place just because they're so drastically different. Then you got Alaska, which is a place by its own completely different set of rules. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hell, I can even say like up until two days ago, we had almost two straight weeks of rain, you know, like every day. (laughs) Yeah. So just whole different ballgame. But before we get down to business, you know, like always, we got to pay some bills. So we want to tell you about the people over at Cardsphere.com. Great place to buy and sell cards at the price you want. And and honestly, the best thing about dealing with them for me, I can tell you, is that I can do it when I want. You know, if I put stuff on, say, like TCG Player, I'm kind of at the whim of orders coming in and then I got to get orders out. Right. If I put stuff on eBay, I got a plan that three, five, seven days down the road, however long I set the auction, that I have to be available within that 24, 48 hours, get stuff packed up out the door, or else I'm going to start getting angry messages or, you know, whatever. Whereas with Cardsphere, I can just see what people are looking for in my collection. Cool. Send them a note, do the thing, pack it up, get it out tomorrow if I just have time, right? And that's the best thing for me because I have a busy schedule. Right. The inspector says, hey, this house has too many magic cards in it. Get them out. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Then I take two days, I get stuff sold through through Cardsphere, you know? So it's it's a completely different experience of selling, but I think it's cool that it's still an option to the public. So if you haven't checked it out, go give them a look. They are Cardsphere.com. And then we also want to give a shout out to our patrons. If you want to support the show through Patreon, you go to patreon.com slash color of magic just for two bucks. That's it. That's all you got to do. <laughs> Oh, man, sounds like you got something dying over there, like a ghost going behind you. <laughs> oh, I figure your kids are doing something or other. Oh, no, it's fine. But yeah, patreon.com slash color magic. You want to support the show? Support the show. We really appreciate that. Also, we want to give a shout out to a patron. I don't think I did that last week, so I apologize. But we have one Ray Traeger, and I want to give, or Trago, actually, and I want to give some love here because Ray has followed some of my other content as well. So, you know, I am always appreciative when people follow multiple things that we do because we have our hands in multiple things. So we we know time is short for a lot of people. And the fact that you like our stuff enough to 
follow us on multiple platforms. We're super Been on uh, Allen's Ever After and DL Caesar as well. Well, there you go. See, so like all in on on the color of Magic Team love. So we and love we that. appreciate it. <laughs> also, don't forget if you want to get something for yourself, you can go to color of MTG dot com slash shop and you can get play mats and tokens and you'd be supporting the show that way while showing off some stuff that have our logos and likeness on it so we'd appreciate that too and then this is going to round up our month of promotion with our newest sponsor manscaped so we've told you about manscaped for a few weeks now i can tell you like still enjoying their stuff used them again today and honestly, man, I, and I'm not even going to, I'm not just blowing smoke here. I'm being serious. Like <laughs> This legitly changes how I groom, whether I'm talking about downstairs or in my face or whatever, like it really does. It, it's really different. The fact that you have stuff that's water resistant, you can take in the shower, right? With their lawnmower 4.0, just don't have to worry about anything. You know, we've, we've talked about their weed whacker, being able to clean up your nose hairs or whatever quickly and easily. And, and honestly, the thing is, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was going to be weird, but there's like, <laughs> well, you know, because I haven't had anything up in my nose or whatever, you know, just being honest. And <laughs> no. <laughs> just saying, you know, maybe like a dime or something when I was a kid, yeah. you know, but like it literally was like painless. I mean, you just get up in there like it doesn't feel all, cor- you know, because, you know, when you start putting stuff in near your eyes or nose or whatever, you're yeah. always kind of worried. But no, it 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 was an easy process, and it's cool. And honestly, I think I'm breathing a little bit better. That's not a thing they claim. I'm just telling you about myself. Like so, worth checking out. And if you buy stuff from them, they will consider supporting the show longer. So go over, buy something. Now is the best time. Get something for yourself. Get something for a partner, a loved one, whatever. They have a bunch of things you can check out on their website, and. It's really like a chance to get the perfect package for your perfect package. You know what I'm saying? They went there. <laughs> you know, like, so really check that out. It's totally worth it. And if you go to manscaped.com, use our promo code color, you will get 20% off. And that's sh- off everything and free shipping. So no matter what you buy. Dead. Yeah, exactly. No matter what you buy, no matter how expensive or how cheap, you get 20% off. And you get free shipping anywhere in the world. And that's... Especially right now, during during the supply-side crisis, if anybody's going to ship you anything for free, take full advantage of that. For real. And soon. Because, you know... Yeah, definitely. Everybody's saying, if you want to buy stuff, you you need to buy it right now to ensure that it will even be in stock and that you will have it before the holiday season. That's everything. That's the cards, video games, manscaping. Please do not wait. Yep. So for real, go over 20% off, free shipping. Use promo code COLOR, C-O-L-O-R, at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off, free shipping. And you get a chance to just Unlock your confidence using the right tools from Manscaped. All right. With those bills being paid, man, I have a little bit of something that I got to <laughs> I gotta get off my chest a little bit. And this is for the haters. You know, as, as uh, old Enzo would say, what, are a couple of haters? Yeah. <laughs> You know, that's that's what we got. This is for the haters. Because here's the thing, right? Everybody who makes content, 
had, if here's the thing, if you don't have haters, you're not working hard enough. Uh, that's just down to it. You're not big no. enough yet. You don't have enough eyeballs on you because not everybody loves you. Nobody's going to love everything you do. So we're not saying we expect everybody to love every single thing we do, every word we say, whatever. Hell, we get annoyed with ourselves and each other sometimes. So, you know, we don't expect that from everybody. However, if you're one of those people that shows up after every video, at every stream, responding to every article, and all you got is a bunch of complaints, nobody gives a damn what you have to say. Just going to put it out there. Like, because here's the reality. If you're showing up every single time anyway, you're contributing to those views. You're <laughs> contributing to the ad revenue. You're contributing to the clicks on the website, right? So they're not changing anything, yet you keep showing up. So what's their benefit to changing? And then and then on top of that, you just become like a chicken little, right? Because you're just complaining and complaining. At one point, we're just going to say, well, you're just going to like dislike everything, so why do I care what you say? I mean, hell, real talk, I had a dad that was like that. I didn't give a damn what he said at one point. So sure as hell ain't going to care about a stranger coming in on every single video complaining. Like, just has no weight. So if you want to endear yourself, learn to, one, at least be professional in a critique. That's the first thing. Because it, it's all right to have a thing you don't like. Yeah. But you got to be able to say, like, hey, in this last video, it would be cool if you used, like, this type of background music because it made it sound kind of, I don't know, creepy or weird or whatever, blah, blah. All right, fine. That's at least a real thing. Other than, like, I don't know why you have music if you can't choose good music or whatever. It's like, all right, well, obviously you hate it. <laughs> like nobody cares nobody cares so yeah at least and, and i guess the other thing too is decide what you what hills do you really want to die on right you can't just hate everything i mean i guess you can hate everything you can. A human inside but like come on now like you can't hate everything like figure out what the, you hate the, the most there are people where that's their their whole brand is they hate everything well yeah but i saw that when i was eight and his name's oscar the grouch like I mean, come on! Like you, you, you can't hate everything unless I guess you're a Muppet. So scam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So figure out whatever it is that you really want to complain about, what you think somebody can or can't fix or whatever, and just be professional and adult about it. That's all. Because if you just keep coming in complaining every single time, I can tell you right now, talking to other creators, they don't care. They literally ignore you <laughs> half the time. You're blocked and you don't even know it. Because a lot of people, I can tell you, there's a crap ton of people that are hanging out on, I guess, if you want to call it, shadow ban list on people's YouTube channel. <laughs> the Phantom Zone. You you can do that, and you never see those comments from that person again. I literally have, I don't have a lot, but I have a few. I have no idea if they've commented or not, because I haven't seen anything from them in like six months. So you end that up there. That is a glorious sometime. feature. Yep. All right. That's all I got, Brian. But I hear you've got something this time, so... I'm going to step off the box and give it to you. Yeah, I guess a couple of months ago, former Hercules, Kevin Sorbo, was complaining about, you know, being canceled by all the liberals in Hollywood. And I said, no. If Hollywood still thinks you can sell tickets or streaming to anything, they'll still employ you. For yeah. Case in point, Mel Gibson apparently is working on God Help Us, Lethal Weapon 5, and apparently I guess that would get a star in that, but 
possibly directed as well. And you would have thought, <laughs> after Mel's drunken anti-Semitic rant, that, hey, might have a little negative career trajectory for a while, but he, he back, apparently. I so, mean, yeah, if Hollywood, if Hollywood thinks, thinks somebody will pay to see you, they'll forgive almost anything. I mean, that was a while ago. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean... I don't. I don't know. I, I like. Of course, he followed the, the the protocol. He he sobered up, or if he wasn't sober, he wasn't wasn't on TMZ being drunk and crazy. Got out of the spotlight and just you know let other people pop up in the news periodically and, and just let people get quiet about Bill Gibson for a while. Then gradually started reingratiating himself. Yeah. See, I think that's the plan, right? Just like. We you at least served your time, so to speak, yeah. right? Like you you went away, you didn't get to get all these endorsements, you didn't get to get all that money. Like you you went and you paid you paid your penance. Now let's see how you act come coming back into the forefront, right? Like once you get attention and you get the money again, what's this going to be like? You know, because I don't know. It's like the monologue that Chris Rock did. You know, that made several actors angry, but there really are there are actors. And they're movie stars, and they're not the same. Mel Gibson, like him or not, is a movie star. He can burn his career to the ground, wait 10 minutes, and come back because he's Mel F. Gibson. Kevin Sorbo, sorry, Hollywood has decided, you Hercules. That's the extent of your reach. You Hercules, and they don't think you can do anything else. Sorry. Man, I don't even know if I ever told you a story. I almost got to watch a movie premiere with Kevin Sorbo. And I, <laughs> you, I don't think you ever have told me this story. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to share it on another episode at some point. Yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting small world scenario. Ended up not was happening. Was it God's not dead? <laughs> no, no, no. This is years oh. before that. This was, this was oh, at, okay. least, at least 10 years prior. So uh, he was still Kevin Sorbo then. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was still, still Kevin Sorbo. You okay. know, we still referred to him as Hercules. Yeah. So. Oh man. So yeah, that's that's surprising. I think the more surprising thing is that we decided to dig up Lethal Weapon after all this time. Like what is Danny Glover? Like 75? Like, he, he either better be retired or he better be the police chief. Cuz in the first movie, he's like two days away from retirement. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't I don't really understand. Like what are we doing with that? Like I don't I don't what's what I got to find out what the premise is cuz I'm I'm confused. I think unless they gotta find out too. The purpose is just, hey, give us more money. Basically. Yeah, I was say, unless it's literally about them being in retirement and having to help people with something, because that would kind of make sense. But I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. I feel you. We'll we'll see how the Mel Gibson thing works out. But now that we did that, let's talk about some fun stuff that we learned last week that we want to share with the public because I think it's always fun to educate and grow and just share what we learn. So what you got? All right. G4 TV is back. You know, they've been doing stuff on YouTube for yeah, several yeah. months now, but they actually are back, you know, on streaming, on cable. For those of us that still have cable, check your local providers. It's been hard to believe. I think it's been about seven years since ABC Universal said we just don't think we're going to do this anymore. And in that seven years, G4's whole plan for content just 
blew up, went everywhere else. Every was all over streaming and YouTube. And NBC Universal, like, hey, yeah, we probably blew that, didn't we? We screwed up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they they still would have reps showing up at like game conventions and stuff. So, yeah, you know, so they they've been out there. They were ahead of of the curve on so many things, and now finally people are realizing that. And as we mentioned in the pre-show, you know, King Woods is, is even on there with the with the show. Yeah. He's even doing some they, incredible they got him things under on YouTube before he was a king. Right, <laughs> uh, they probably saved a little bit of money right there. <laughs> for sure, for sure. the The funny thing is, you know, I think this is also kind of making another layer to prove that geek culture kind of dominates a lot of entertainment right now. Right. You know, when G four was big before, it felt more kind of niche, right? Like, yeah. oh, hey, there's a new video game they're covering, or hey, they're doing a story on like E three or whatever, and like, you know, it probably did all right. But that was like the thing that us nerds and video gamers, or whatever, could watch regularly, you know? Yeah. And now, now it feels like, like everybody's a nerd. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I told people that if you look, just all the technology stuff, you know, hell, even comic books, trading cards, you know, all the Marvel movies, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like all everybody the- either is in a Marvel movie or they're, or they're doing press for their movie, complaining that the Marvel movies aren't any good. <laughs> but they're still yeah. talking about Marvel movies. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think G four coming back makes a lot of sense. Honestly, I I think now I need to see if it's on like Hulu and stuff. What what? Uh, I think they are do, you know streaming services. But that's actually pretty cool. And the people I've seen working with them are they brought back a couple of old personalities. Yeah, like, Adam Sessler. Because yeah, you almost can't yeah. do it without Adam Sessler. And then uh, Kevin Pereira is back to yeah, yeah. like introducing new people like Xavier Woods. So I think that's cool too that you take these people that you know as we've grown up that we were familiar with, and then taking new ones that have become bigger in the space since then and kind of meshing them together. So whoever's heading up the project, I think, is at least taking the right steps. I don't know how successful it'll be, but it sounds like it's off to the right track. So good for them. Mine, <laughs> this one was really funny because. I saw something that I didn't even know if it was real at first. I had to research <laughs> it. But I saw a poster for Reno 911, The Hunt for QAnon. That already sounds epic. And and my first thought was, okay, it's Reno 911, so this might be real. Yeah. But it's also the type of thing you could make up because it would be believable because it's Reno 911. <laughs> and QAnon. Yeah. So, no, lo and behold, it is a real thing. So they got what looks like the majority of the original cast still coming back. So, you know, all the fans like Officer Dangle and all them, they're going to be back. But I guess the premise is they've decided to do like a reunion thing and they were going to meet up on a cruise. Well, while on the cruise, they find out it's a QAnon cruise. So then there's obviously all the conspiracy theory stuff or whatever and they i guess they're going to spend time trying to figure out who QAnon is or q is i guess and there's a whole thing about them stopping on one of the islands being like um what's his name the the guy that quote unquote hung himself for the potential pedophile stuff oh yeah um, epstein yeah epstein like they apparently stop on one of his old islands supposedly oh you know, so there's a lot of that stuff. So they're checking yeah. all the boxes for all the tropes and whatever. Yeah. It, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. 
really in, totally in the vein of Reno 911. So if you like the show, you're probably going to enjoy yeah. it. Downside is December 23rd. So people may not have time to watch it or not being with family, but it's also going to be on Paramount Plus. So that's probably going to be a barrier to me getting to watch it. Unless I feel like I'm going to make time to watch Reno 911 Hunt for QAnon. If they can get like a 99 cent one day membership or something, like I might, yep. I might snag one of those or find a friend who's got Paramount Plus and borrow it for the day or something. But yeah, it sounds really funny. One of those ones that like when you talk about bringing a show back or doing a sequel or a reunion, this is how it feels like it should be done, right? Yeah. You do something completely tongue in cheek, super fun, like totally in the vein of the show. And you're like, cool, we're just doing this one shot. Hit you in that nostalgia vein a little bit, and then walk away. Right? And it's the perfect target because QAnon just—did did you see the QAnon followers in Dallas waiting yeah. for the resurrected JFK to come back and announce that Trump was president again and that he was the vice president? Oh, even even worse. I went deep diving on that because I can't just leave well enough alone. Right. A bunch of those people—they apparently believe that like Michael Jackson's not dead. And and Tupac's not dead, which, you know, Tupac might still be alive, so whatever. But they believe that those people were going to reveal themselves and then give up the goods on where all the, like, political and famous pedophiles were or whatever and feed that information to the president to help him regain his presidency or whatever. Like, there's a whole crazy thing there. Like, seriously, I'm just saying, if you want a crazy deep dive and you want to entertain yourself, Go into the bowels of that stuff. It is wild. And it wasn't nine or ten people. No, it, it wasn't twenty or thirty the, people. The picture, the picture for real that I saw from the angle I saw had at least a thousand people. Yeah, I mean, that, like, that's it was, just it was a real like lining the sides of the streets, like three yeah. or four people deep. Like, I mean, I literally just go it's like scary. Really? That is so scary. I mean, at, at first, you, you would just, my first instinct as a comedian is to laugh. Then I just kind of sit there like, as you said, there's got to be a thousand people here. Well, a thousand people or more. They, noticed, they hung out for like an hour and a half and he didn't show up, obviously, because he's dead. He died. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, so, but then a couple of them went like, oh, well, the crowd's probably not big enough. He's likely going to show up at, I think it was like a Stones concert or something that evening. And I'm like, so this dude's coming back and he's like, mm, enough of y'all didn't show up. I got to wait. Give me like five hours. <laughs> I got to go see the Stones, man. Exactly. I'm like, you know what that reminds me of? And I know we're getting way off track here, but like you live down there, like in Texas, like you would see those billboards that were like, Armageddon Judgment Day or whatever. It has like mm -hmm. a date on it or whatever, right? Yeah. And then obviously the date would pass. Nothing would happen. But then like two months later, there's a new date on there or whatever. And the next, and like, it was just perpetual on some of these boards. I'm like, I just, I just hate that people are being manipulated yeah. to the point that they're probably making serious life decisions around that stuff. Mm -hmm. and that's what sucks for me. And alienating like, friends, family, yeah, like, coworkers. It, if you believe something for whatever reason, cool, you do you. But like when you're making it a big thing and you're profiting off it and you're manipulating other people, like that's when it really, really sucks to me. I keep waiting for Q to be revealed to be like Ashton Kutcher or somebody that's just <laughs> running a whole prank. Oh, that that would. Oh, man, that would really destroy people. Look, you're on punked. Like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> for people that remember that show. Do. Uh, all right, let's get into the topics of the week because we have quite a few we need to run through. And on this one, anybody who saw my YouTube this week or followed me on Twitter, like, you know, I also was equally disappointed in this product as everybody else, but Innistrad double feature. Man, I'm calling, this might be, I mean, realistically, I mean, might be the biggest disappointment gaming-wise of 2021 so far. And at least they waited till the end of the year to make that happen. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to do it, now's a good time, I guess. But this product, now I will say, and to be fair, and I covered this in my YouTube video as well, so if you want a longer explanation, head over there. But at least one of the good points is this is for WPN Premium Store. So if you are a game store that's kind of made their premium level, whatever, you are getting a special product for this. And that's pretty cool. I'm a big fan of anything that's helping the game stores. Anytime a company makes a special thing, love it. Downside is the product is really just all the cards minus the basic lands from the last two sets with the grayscale art. Now, it's cool in the pack because it's double feature. You'll be able to get a rare and or mythic from each Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow in every booster pack. So you're going to get at least two rares of mythics, and there'll be a guaranteed foil, which I've been told that they have shown at least one of the foils, but I haven't seen one yet. Nobody linked me to one, so I guess it might exist, but nobody knows where it is. But it's a, from the way they described it, the foiling will be done old foil style with silver tinting to it to give it the silver screen treatment. Okay. Whatever That's that like means. That's kind of cool. Yeah, sounds Maybe. neat. <laughs> like, don't know what it'll be. I will say this, like, this does create a weird thing. That if you are into collectibles, one of the things that's kind of popularly known is a lot of times the thing that's the least popular ends up being the most expensive later. Yeah. Because, you know, everybody who was into Star Wars as a kid had, like, a Luke Skywalker figure, right? Mm -hmm. But not everybody had, like, I don't know, a Greedo figure or something, right? Like, just random dude from the Cantina figure, right? So or anybody who's Boba Fett before he became such a ridiculous big deal. Yeah. So people go looking for those rare items that were printed at like one tenth of the the print run, and only half of those sold, so they end up being worth more. So that could be end up being a situation here with double feature, because it's also going to be limited to I don't know, probably like a hundred stores or something or whatever, right? That are at the premium level. I don't know. It might be more than that, but some number right and that's it's probably more than 100 but yeah a small i was gonna say if you don't know i certainly know <laughs> no it's it's gonna be a small number of stores though right we'll we'll call it we'll, we'll say even if it's a lot let's say it's three thousand, right that's still only three thousand stores maybe getting a few boxes each maybe they could order up to 10 or 12 probably and maybe if you're a really big store your allotment could be more but it's also coming at the holidays where people are trying to buy other stuff it's going to be at a time where people are already or have already purchased Crimson Val, Midnight Hunt. They probably don't want more of the same cards. You do also have the issue that it's the grayscale treatment that was supposed to be a cool thing to get in the collector's boosters. So now you have some things devalued technically because you went and did the same gimmick again in another product. So I don't know what to make of it, honestly. Like, And who knows? The foiling could be just bomb. Right. And then everybody wants it. Right. If it's just straight dope, then the product could still go bananas. 
So who knows? I have no idea. Now, one thing I want to ask you is how do you view it? Because, I mean, I obviously have done a whole video on it, but, you know, how do you see it? I mean, I'm not not really a huge draft person anyway, so it wasn't anything that was going to have a huge impact on my purchasing. That's fair. That's fair. And and that's kind of the downside, too. If you were expecting to draft this, unfortunately, it didn't get the curated draft treatment, right? Because it could have been, all right, let's take the cards that work together well from each set and make a three or 400 card set and put those in there. But it's literally just every card. Matter of fact, it's literally every card to the point that the cards that appeared in both sets at, like, common appear on the list twice. So they didn't even, like take one the duplicates out it's literally just now granted it's only like a handful of cards but it's like to just drive home the point of it's literally just both sets with the treatment on it and i think one of the other misleading things was that your buy a box card for it is a card from one of the previous innistrad sets endless ranks of the dead so everybody's like oh cool we're gonna get some old cards with this treatment that's pretty sweet yeah because then it's like okay do we get just more zombie, werewolf, vampires, whatever that work together so you can do a cool, like, big draft set? That'd be neat. Do you get old reprints that we haven't seen in a while that would carry some value and get people excited to buy it? Like, that would have been a thing. And any, any of the things you could have done, I think, would have easily made this a slam dunk sellable product. I mean, so many things you could have done. Which leads me to... Something that, and this is just me speculating, but I feel like this is the product that ended up being the victim of the pandemic for Woods of the Coast. I can see that. And I say that because it feels like a plan B, right? Whether that was we had to get this out the door immediately so we can stay within the production times yep. or get or get stuff shipped on time because, you know, Trucks were having issues and boats were having issues. So maybe it was like a now or never got to get it done. Maybe some number of artists didn't get enough of the alternate artwork to you. So you couldn't put so it on got, Somebody could have got sick. There's all yeah, kinds of things. Some people working on the project could have got sick, right? Like who knows what. But seeing how everything else felt very fun, good, complete, it feels very much like this just didn't get the same attention or time or something. Because the things you could do with it, like you can have almost anybody you ask that was interested in the product all had a cool idea of what the product could be. So, you know, Wizards knows some of those cool ideas, too. And if any of those would have been acceptable by the public yeah. and make it a slam dunk seller, you would have went with them. So either if this isn't a victim of the pandemic, this is just somebody who is in charge of the product is bad <laughs> i mean, like, I, mean I, I went wanna, for a big long elaborate he's just no no just bad no i don't want to put that indictment on somebody but like i mean this is literally like it feels like the least effort that's probably been put into a wizard's product in a long while like, also maybe you know we've been talking about product fatigue maybe it's happening to them too or they're just cranking out so much stuff in such a relatively short period of time to where maybe something had to kind of go boom and this is it. Maybe, maybe like it, it's weird, man. Like I, cause people ask me like, cause I, I'm a big fan of not telling people to buy or not to buy something unless I'm 100% certain. 
like I can tell you, might as well buy all the commander set stuff because yeah. history says they all inflate in price in a short amount of time, right? So just go buy it. Like I have no problem telling people that. But on something like this, man, I don't know. Like it could end up being worth double or triple, or within three months' time, it could be being sold under wholesale price. Like it literally can go either direction. So go to your local Goodwill or flea market. Yeah. <laughs> hey, buddy, got some in the stride. Just saying. So for me personally, I'm probably going to buy a box, maybe two, but I'm just going to sit on it. I have no intention of opening it, playing with it, whatever. And I'm just willing to take the gamble and we'll just see what happens. I don't, I don't really know. Like I said, unless it turns out the foils are really damn cool because you know, as I do, we're gamers and we're we're like damn yeah. pros. You show us something shiny and, you know, like if it's good, then people will start going after them. And then, you know, it would be a done deal. But until I see those, I can't really make an assessment one way or the other. But I thought it was at least worth talking about. We do have another bit of interesting news, though. And this has to do with Streamlabs. So if you're in the streaming community... There's only a handful of things out there that people use for streaming, really. There's a bunch, but realistically, you're using Streamlabs, OBS, you're using regular OBS, you're using XSplit, and maybe one or two minor other services. Yeah. But it's kind of what the majority of the community uses. Well, one of the biggest things is if you wanted to stream on a gaming system, it's a bit of a pain in the butt because you end up having to have a capture card and you have to run it to a computer and you have to do all these other things, right? But... Just this past week, I guess it was, Streamlabs announced they had an exclusive deal with Xbox. So they've created a way that you're going to be able to stream using your Xbox without needing a capture card, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Right? Being able to do all your overlays, and it means you'll be able to take donations or uh, subscriptions and all of the stuff you do or whatever that you have trouble doing with just your, your console. So fantastic, right? It's a way for people to get paid. Awesome. Well, when they rolled out the demo of showing what it would look like, it looked, mm, I, I don't say identical, but pretty you can say, you can about say identical. Yeah. yeah, so there was a lesser known service called Lightstream that had something set up that they were showing and they were like, hey, this kind of looks like ours. Like, what the hell? And uh, yeah, that didn't play well with the public. They copied the homework and even changed a little bit. Yeah, they did not understand the assignment as it goes, but they ended up making an apology because they had to, obviously. So they're, I guess, going to change the look or do some other things. They're, if I read their announcement correctly, they're also going to take the OBS title off of their Streamlabs OBS. And I guess so the open source thing is no longer being plagiarized and being used to also do stuff on Xbox or whatever. I don't know. It's open source, so I'm not sure why that was a big deal. But it's something I guess they felt they needed to do to just fully say, hey, we're not using anybody else's branding. We're not doing whatever. So that's something that's being played out right now because I've seen multiple creators, people on Twitter saying like, hey, if you want to move your stuff off of Streamlabs OBS, I can show you how to set up other services through regular OBS or whatever. So it's a big enough deal that people are wanting to move off of the platform. And I've seen tweet threads that were already, you know, 100 posts long or whatever of people 
saying, oh, yeah, I need some help. Or, hey, do you know about connecting this and this? So people are looking. Now, I don't know how big, but it's going to be a significant non-zero number to their bottom line for sure. Which is kind of a shame because being able to give that option to people on your consoles to stream seems very good. Oh, yeah. This is game changing. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, because I imagine because, you know, you do play console games and stuff and do stuff for for YouTube or whatever. So I immediately thought like, ah, Brian's going to love this. Oh, yeah. And and then I read the rest of the, the story. But, you know, so I don't know. How much do you think that does change the game for somebody like you? You know, that may, may, let's say, well, maybe not you particularly, but somebody who doesn't have the money for like capture cards and everything else, but wants to stream, I don't know, Call of Duty or GTA or whatever. Yeah, that I mean, that is going to be huge where you're just probably going to hit maybe, I don't know, one or two buttons and be able to have what somebody has, like you said, with a gaming PC. Because the Xbox and PlayStation 5 are already basically... They have PC level power. It just they yeah. they just needed a program like this. So it's, I'm going to be interested to see what happens to the list of you know people streaming various games in let's say six to eight months. Yeah, that's a good point too. I didn't really think about that. How many people haven't done console gaming because it's just a pain in the rear? But because I mean, I have to admit, I thought about it before. I'm like, eh, you know, what if I got a you know, last generation Xbox and did something with these games that people still enjoy seeing. But I'm like, ah, then I have to run cables to my computer and blah. And I was like, ah, forget it. Yeah. But if it was like just a lot of people. Yeah. But if it's just like, I can just set it up and play, then maybe, you know, I might think about it. So I'm sure there's some other people that, who knows, maybe they find a whole new revenue stream. That's I mean, cool. a lot of times it'll also just, you, when you decide where you're going to buy a game, okay. Am I going to buy Halo on PC or Xbox? A lot of times the decisions made by, do you plan to stream it? Now, hey, you can, mm. you can just hit a button or two and stream it from Xbox. That's a good thought. That that does change your buying habits, too. That's interesting. Because I, I know it's, you, you probably the same way as a content creator, one of the first things you think about, even, even when you don't mean to. Sometimes I think, I'm, like, I'm going to buy this game. I don't intend to stream it. I'm just going to play this game for fun. And then something cool happens, and I end up trying to make a video off of it. For sure, for sure. So, yeah, I I think that's a good point to bring up, though, that it could change people's buying habits or even how you stream because that exists. So hopefully this doesn't cripple Streamlabs. You know, it's a bad move from a PR standpoint, but it does come attached to a really good announcement. So I hope it works out for them. Yeah, I'll say it'll also be better, you know, in a few months, hopefully when people can get Xboxes without having to go in there and, and hunger games people for one. For real. And we had another very interesting thing start popping up uh, since we last aired. But normally, if you buy the secret layer super drops, which the super drops are basically when they do the thing where you can get anywhere between like four and seven secret layers all at one time. Well, with this most recent one, there was an interesting thing inserted. Whereas previously, the secret layer super drops used to have like at one point, I think we got alternate arts, uh, fetch lands. Another time, for a while, I think they were doing the uh, stained glass planeswalkers. You know, just some different stuff. Just like, hey, kind of like a thank you. Of like, hey, you bought one of these bundles or whatever. Like, hey, here, have a cool card, right? Here's some interesting stuff. And those had some value, but everybody kind of knew about them. And they were generally just like cool versions of cards that were already popular or whatever. But in this case, we had Viscera Seer, which is, I believe, an 
common or an uncommon from one of the core sets a couple of years ago, which is a playable card in some like combo-y type decks and stuff. It's actually reasonable. But these particular Viscera Seers are printed backwards. <laughs> and that's the weird thing because it's not an error in the sense that only one of them is backwards. All the ones we have seen so far are backwards. And they are numbered and stamped one through a hundred. And so far, I think I've only found seven, I think was my count, of ones that have either come up on different Facebook groups or Twitter or whatever. So, I mean, more may be out there, maybe some on Reddit I haven't seen or whatever, but I've seen six or seven of them so far. And the interesting thing is they've gone... Now, the first one went for 5K because nobody knew anything about them, whatever, kind of random. But I've seen some one of the others hit for 1,500. So, I mean, these are real value cards. And they're just randomly inserted in secret layer super drops. So I don't know what to make of that. I had people ask me, like, what do I think? I'm like, there's nothing to think. I mean, there's we know there's up to 100 of them. We're assuming they were all released in super drops in some way. But we don't know that to be a fact. And that's about all we know so far. And it's only the front that's backwards, by the way. It's the artwork, the text, whatever. The card itself is backwards. The stamping is normal. And the backs are normal. So it's a, it's almost feels, I would say it was done intentionally. But, you know, because everything's printed in layers, it's possible the card artwork layer just ended up backwards somehow. But who knows? I have no idea. So it's a very weird thing because this this leads to another thing, right? Of should you open your secret layers or not? Because some people are going to be opening them hunting for their $1,500 gold. Yeah. But if you have them sealed, <laughs> that might make them worth even more money because there's fewer sealed kits. Like, I don't know. Like, it's a very interesting thing to think about right now. And, and I guess if you, if you just go by the, the numbers, the chances of you having one are probably going to be so small to where you're going to probably do better if you just don't unwrap it. And then there, at least there's a chance. That there's one in there. Yeah, I would like because I assume, and I feel like I've seen the number somewhere before, but let's say there were 10,000 total super drops put out there or whatever. Like you're talking less than 1%, <laughs> you know, less one tenth of 1%, I guess it is, or whatever, if there's only 100. So it's like, eh. <laughs> like you know, like. Eh, what are the odds of you having them? Probably pretty low, you know, realistically. Unless, but, unless, like you said, people start hoarding them and not opening them. And then of the hundred, let's say a couple of months from now, only 20 have been found. Okay, now people are going to start losing their minds trying to track them down. And they'll, they'll pay you some exorbitant amount for the unopened one, in theory. Yeah, so so that's the weird thing. And and it also comes with a little bit of a different thing that occurs because of the information age we're in, is that previously in history, if things like this were to have happened, there wouldn't be as much information on them and many people wouldn't know about them. But because you're able to get these stories out, websites are going to be talking about them, whatever, there's going to be a larger number of people that may be interested in purchasing them. So that could also buoy the price a little bit. So like, I don't, Man, it's it's a weird product, man. It's a really weird instance. I kind of I know some people hate when like the companies don't tell you they're doing these like secret drop sort of things or whatever. But I kind of like when it happens. Yeah. 
Like, we know it's purposeful. We know that much, right? On some level, they printed them. They intended to do something with them. Whether they were intended to go in super drops or not, who knows? But they did, right? So they came from the factory. We know they're legit. It's the same way when you see people, like, you get unannounced shoe drops at, like, yeah. a random shoe convention or whatever that just, you know, goes out, right? People get upset. They're like, I wish they would have said something. and blah. But I kind of like this just being a reward for, like, hey, you're already interacting with our stuff. You already mm-hmm. paid us some money. You already did a thing. Here's just a bonus for doing it. Or you look this week, Riot had been talking about this uh, RPG that you're going to do and this uh, rhythm-based game, and we've been hearing about it for uh, over a year, and then this week, they just dropped them. They just Beyonce said, hey, here's two new games for Riot. Like, wait, what? <laughs> they're out? Yes, they're out. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan, though, of just saying, like, hey, not everything deserves announcement. There's some marketing and PR to it. And in this case, it's kind of smart for Wizards to just say, like, hey, sometimes if you just give us money, you're just going to get this sweet thing. There you go. Right? And who knows? Maybe it's a one-time thing. Maybe in the future they do a bunch of, like, one of 100s and it's just different playable, like, smaller cards that get numbered up. But I'm just thinking, like, what if they take the time to do, like, a real card? Uh, like, I don't know, let's say a, a Snapcaster Mage or or who knows what. That's already like a $50, $60, $80 card. And then you get the one of 100 stamping on it or whatever. Like, who knows? You could be talking about a 10 or 15K card, maybe. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about. But cool for Wizards because this is the, this is the type of thing you can do that gives value to the customers without detracting value from anything else. Because it's literally just a bonus. Like, hey, if you're buying these already, there's a chance you might get something. And if not, you still get these other sweet cards and the other thank you thing we put in there. So it's not like you're losing out if you don't get one of those. It's just an added bonus if you do get one. And I think that's the best way to do promotions. So it's like when you think you're out of French fries and then there's that that bonus fry (laughs) down at the bottom of the bag. Like, oh, didn't know you were in there. Yep. One of those bagglers, as we call them, that hang around the bottom. Like, you got to snag those up. Is that what people call them? Yeah, bagglers. <laughs> I've never heard that term before. Actually, I think it came from, uh, it might have come from like Burger King or something. That okay. They had several years ago. Or Jim Gaffigan. That sounds like a thing Jim Gaffigan would come up with. Man, I have a love-hate relationship with, with Jim Gaffigan's comedy, oh I think. <laughs> but all right, let's get into one last bit of news before we hit the dinner table. This past weekend was the first weekend that we had access to Innistrad Crimson Val online. And obviously people wanted to build decks and play with them. And we actually had a lot of tournaments happening. We had some big ones. There was a Magic Online uh, event that happened. There was Crokey's ran a tournament, another streamer. And we talked about that previously with his Team Liquid and Macharino deal. And they got 356 players, I think it was. So, you know, solid number. And People say, ah, it's not that big. But at the same time, like, he's just a streamer. Not saying, like, not to, like, disparage Crokey's, but, like, he's not a company. He's not a brand, you know? Like, he's a person. And he was still able to get his community activated and everything for 356 entries, which is pretty good. Also consider that a lot of those people probably didn't have Macharino accounts. So that's, like, another barrier that they had to go set up accounts, learn how to use it, you know, whatever. So pretty cool. And then we also talked about the Red Bull Untap series a couple weeks ago, and that had almost a thousand people. So lots of events happening this week. Oh, and, and Jeff Hoogland, uh, his Hooglandia Open uh, also ran, and they had 
I think it was 80 some people. Uh, let me do a, check the count again. Uh, set, almost 80 players. Okay. So that's a lot of people playing actual events yeah. of, of size and of value in the first weekend. So that's good news. You know, the fact that everybody says, oh, you don't have competitive magic. Nobody wants to play, blah, blah. You know, like, that's not true. Like, tournaments are still happening. Prizes are still being given out. People still want to play magic. Like, the average person knows they were never going to play on the Pro Tour anyway. Not saying that the Pro Tour doesn't matter, but just saying, like, using that as an excuse to every time something comes up, people go like, well, why do people care? Because there's no more competitive magic. They're like, that's not true. Like, just stop with the narrative. That's not true. Like, there's still going to be tournaments. Hell, there's a tournament this weekend in Vegas coming up. Still going to be several thousand dollars in prizes. Nothing attached to the Pro Tour at all. They're probably still going to have a packed house for that event. So, get off it. Like, I, I hate people. It's like the same people that every time there's a new Magic thing, like, I can't wait to get more Pringles talking about the foils being warped. Foils haven't been warped out of the last, I don't know how many products. At least since, what, Strixhaven probably? Like... That's just not a thing anymore. Let's move on. It was funny when it was a thing. It, you're, you're like the you. You're like if Carrot Top never upgraded to digital boards and doing his <laughs> comedy, right? Like you're just like, look, I have this sign, ha ha. You're like, dude, you did the same joke for twenty years, right? It wouldn't be funny anymore. Like, move along, get more material. Like, it just sucks. Like, in here, I mean, I know people that are just listening aren't gonna be able to see this, but I have stacks of cards that have been sitting out for days. Hell, weeks, actually. And they're fine. There's no warping here. Like, these literally just came out of a stack. These are all foil lands out of the, the what you call, collector's boosters. And there's nothing. There's nothing. And they and these have not been the best conditions. Believe me, I've had my window open. The air's been humid coming in because it's been cold and wet and everything else. And, like, doesn't matter. So, yeah, that whole narrative, I... It, Hey, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'm telling you, I've opened collector's boosters and and set boosters of the last three or four sets, and they've been fine. So let's get off that. But ultimately, people still want to play Magic. They still want to play in events. They still want to do organized stuff. We still see people wanting to get big commander events together, even on a casual level. Obviously, everybody's wanting to talk about and go to this Magic Vegas this weekend. So, yeah, like still good. People still want to play. So let's just keep the narrative what it is. People are still active. People are buying Magic. People want an excuse to play Magic. Now, the other good news is it was pretty varied on the weekend. Like, every event had different decks winning and had a very different looking top eight in each one. So I don't know if that's going to hold, right? Because it's only weekend one, right? Yeah. Everybody's trying new stuff, and some people may not have had all the cards they needed or whatever. But it's a good sign to start with. Now, don't get me wrong. We saw lots of the big decks, right? The Is It Epiphanies? We saw Mono Green, Mono White. You know, what you expected to see. But there were some variations of werewolves and vampires. And there were some, like, treasure decks. And Is It Control was a thing that's kind of popped up here. And just a few different things, right? And it's cool that we have a variety of decks and options that people can play. So... I'm, I don't know, man. I, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling good about standard right now, at least. Yeah, it seems. I mean, that's what you want is, you know, the ability to play multiple different kinds of decks. And as you said, have, you know, you got three or four tournaments and none of the top eights look the same. That, in theory, is what we want. 
yeah, I, I am 100% on board with that. And I do think over the next, like, two weeks, we'll settle in a little bit, and we'll probably get down to, like, five or six big decks, and then there'll be some, like, quality tier two stuff. But even then, I think there's nothing feels unbeatable right now. Now, there's some things like, you know, you get that new hole breaker thing. Yeah, like that's, that thing does seem beastly. Yeah, that thing's kind of nuts, right? But you can still deal with it. Like, the turn they play it, you can try to kill it and whatever. So there is some interactive and interaction and play there if you plan for it. So, I, you know. But yeah, overall, really, really cool way to uh, start the season. And it's also cool that there was that many options for people to play in. Because you, if you wanted a paid tournament, if you wanted a free tournament, if you wanted a tournament that qualified for another thing, if you wanted to support a streamer, like, cool that there was that many different options. So it kind of sucks they're all on the same day, but it's cool yeah. that you could, you could engage with Magic the way you wanted to, to support the people you wanted to, or to fit whatever the lifestyle or time is you have to put into an event. All of that, super duper cool. So just nothing but positive things to say so far. Which is probably what makes double feature feel so bad. Is like the last yeah. were so good. Like everything's great except this thing. Yeah. So like it's the one thing people have to complain about right now. So it's getting all the bombs dropped on it, unfortunately. But yeah, let's uh head to the dinner table. All right. And wrap things up this week. And I think it's appropriate, kind of segueing from our, our last topic there about going to events again, right? Because obviously Magic Vegas is going to be the biggest Magic event all year. One of the yeah. only Magic events of the oh, year. Yeah. So everybody's trying to get... Hell, I had people, even as of a couple of days ago, going like, hey, man, I don't know if you got... Your, you can come stay in my Airbnb, you know, whatever. Like, people are doing everything they can to, to make this an event, which is great. I appreciate yeah. that. I think it's awesome that people are excited. But one of the things I want to talk, and you've seen this, I'm sure, no doubt, when you go to an event and you see that person wheeling in their luggage. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes double fisting parted <laughs> luggage. And it's like 10 binders, you know, four or five long boxes of cards, you know, whatever. And it's like, bruh, like, <laughs> what are you doing? I can't even imagine being able to enjoy the event if you're carrying all that stuff. Looks yeah. like you're moving. <laughs> really? Sure. You know, and, and I think that's the thing, right? Because for me personally, anytime I've tried to interact with one of those people, it's not a fun experience because a person that comes with that, they are trying to take everything they have and maximize their value on every trade and whatever. And I'm just like, I don't have time for that, man. Like side story. This happened. This was a back when TCG player did their their championship events or whatever. They had these tournaments you could play in stores and you qualified for a championship. This one, I believe, was in Columbus. And I, I pass a table and there's one of these. We'll call him a backpack dealer. <laughs> this got all of this. I mean, just stacks of binders and boxes or whatever. And, and they're going through this thing and they're trading. And he's trying to trade for the other person's. Uh, I believe it was a beta underground C. So couple thousand dollar card even back then and the dude is literally trading like he's taking one card out at a time and the guy's like what do you give me for this i don't know 50 cents what do you give me for this 25 cents what do you give me for this a dollar what do you give me for this 25 cents i'm like are you crapping me like we're gonna do this <laughs> like y'all are gonna sit here and i am not joking it was two and a half tournament rounds 
that it took them to finish this deal. And then the kicker to the whole thing, and this is what like would have made me table flip, and I'm a pretty calm guy. <laughs> like they get to the end and they're like maybe $40, $50 off, which in the grand scheme of things doesn't really matter with the stacks right. of cards you've already exchanged for the last two and a half hours or whatever. But then the dude goes, okay, hold on. And he pulls out a binder and it's all the stuff that's like between 10 and like $50. And I'm like, I wouldn't even be able to handle that. Like, seriously, I like we wasted two and a half hours when you could have just gone for the goods and we could have been done in like 15 minutes. Right. But that's the experience those people are trying to do. They're trying to offload all their junk in the maximized best way possible. And it's just, just a crazy thing. And you're and what I don't even think they understand is like when you bring that much stuff, you're introducing a very large theft risk to your collection. Yeah. You know, as a matter of fact, I saw Tappy Toe Claws, right, that we've had on the show before. Like, she was talking about going to Vegas, and she has her favorite commander deck, Jora. But she's obviously put a lot of money into it. She has, like, custom cards people have done for her and all this stuff. And she was like, yeah, I don't even want to take it if I'm going to have multiple decks. So I don't accidentally sit it down. I don't lose it. I just feel like right? that it just went away. And I agreed. I was like, I would have left it at home. I don't blame her at all. So, like, I couldn't imagine bringing a literal suitcase full of stuff and hoping I can keep my eyes on it. And yeah, and I know people And then this well, person will be like, hey, could you watch my stuff? Hell no! I'm not going to be responsible for watching your $20,000 worth of cards. I have literally had that happen at multiple events, and I tell people no every single mm -mm. time. Like, they come to me because I'm the nice guy that they know or whatever. Yeah. Like, hey, man, could you watch my stuff for a second while I, you know, go to the bathroom or grab some food? Like, no, not at all. Like... Unless you are somebody who rode with me in my car or you're staying in right. my hotel room that weekend, I am not responsible for your stuff. Right. Right? Especially when you have a lot. If you hand me like a deck box and like, hey, could you hold this? One yeah, one okay. Like, that's, that's absolutely different. Yeah, but when you're well, like. I'm not hey, watching your 12 binders and your two yeah. suitcases. No way. No way. And those people take up entirely too much space. Like, especially in the world of COVID. Right. You are going to consume too much space, either between you and your bag or when you go to trade. Now you're taking up another seat or two's worth of space to lay out binders and like just don't do it. It's rude. It's rude to the other players. You don't need to be doing that. There's like no real benefit from it. If you want to get stuff to the dealers, cool. Set out a box or two ahead of time. Bring your long box of stuff you want to hand to the dealers. I do it all the time. I get stuff left over from collections. I just pile up a box. The next event I go to, I go to a vendor or two I trust and just let them do his buy list thing and then I cash out. And they conveniently get to keep the box to put cards in. So they don't even got to find storage space. Great deal for everybody. There's ways you can handle that. But don't, I mean, it's just like, it just, and it's just a bad look. It makes people uncomfortable. Like, it's just not worth it in the end. And you're not showing off to anybody, by the way. Just like, oh, I have all these cards and I have all these, like, Whatever you've got in your bags, I guarantee you I've got that sitting in my closet. <laughs> right? Like, you're not impressing anyone. It's just don't, don't make the car whip this out. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, nobody cares, right? Like, you like anybody you would be impressing isn't somebody you probably need to be hanging out with anyway. I mean, it's just not. Like, so, yeah, the whole idea of bringing multiple pieces of luggage and bringing all those cards and, like, it's, it's tired, man. And, here, and here's the other real thing. From a true business perspective, a lot of these events happen because people or companies spend money to make those happen. 
usually in the form of vendor booths, which are not cheap. I mean, some events would cost you multiple thousands of dollars to have a vendor booth, sometimes tens of thousands of dollars, right? So don't try to set up without contributing. Because some people are. They're trying to basically be backpack dealers and go into business for themselves at somebody else's event. So don't be surprised when staff comes through and tells you to pack it up or GTFO, right? Because they have people who have paid for the right to do that and have that much space and bust out all their binders and put stuff in display cases or whatever, right? So it's it's bad form, no matter how you look at it. And I can tell you from being a vendor, having run events and conventions or whatever, I would gladly boot somebody out because I'm protecting the people who have a contract who are trying to maximize them because they spent money to be there, help put the show on for everybody else. You know, like Magic Vegas, I'm sure we'll have a couple of vendors there because Channel Fireball knows like you can't service all the people by yourself. So some of those vendors probably paid a good amount of money to be there and Channel Fireball's paying for the venue or whatever. So all of us can go to these events and have fun. Right. So you can go meet your friends, play in these tournaments, get these cash prizes, all this stuff. It happens because all these people are putting money in on the business end. And if you're coming in trying to undercut that, then you're really undercutting everybody at that event. Because if the people involved don't make their money, then events like that don't get to keep happening. Just plain and simple. So don't be one of those people. Pair your stuff down. If you can't fit it in a backpack walking into the room, you probably don't need to be carrying it with you. That's like the easy way to remember it. But all right, Brian, tell everybody where they can find you on socials between shows. All right. I am DL Caesar on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and our family channel on YouTube is Alan's Ever After. And you can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. And man, I have so much content coming out. So you might want to follow those socials and get on that YouTube. But yeah, as always, wherever you are watching or listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Don't forget to go out, buy yourself some stuff over at Manscaped. Go check out stuff over at our sponsors at Cardsphere. Now is the best time to get your stuff in before shipping gets too bad. And you get your discounts, so go do it. Otherwise, take care of yourself. Stay care with all the COVID and the flu season now. Do whatever you got to do. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Remember to be awesome. Be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate. Other patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base.